There's a huge misconception with health anxiety in specific about what better is. When I was going through the worst of my health anxiety, I would say that I want to get better, but I was really resistant to what better actually is because when you ask someone with health anxiety what they think better is, then in their head they're going to think that better is, oh, well, if I wasn't worrying about this brain tumor, then I would be better. And so they go to the doctor and they test negative for a brain tumor. And so then they go home, they feel better for a couple of days until the next thought loop starts. Because the problem with health anxiety is not the presence of symptoms, it's how your anxiety is handling the events of having an illness. A lack of symptoms isn't what's going to make you better, it's just about how you're going to control your anxiety with it. And for me especially, I was very resistant to this because I was like, no, like I'm going to be better if I'm not blind. Like I wouldn't be worry about, worrying about things if I wasn't blind. But no, you have to be able to worry at health anxiety symptoms and not give them the same response that you would. If you're resistant to this, the way that I did this was by labeling and identifying my anxiety and the patterns in my health anxiety. So I'm going to start with using Parkinson's as an example as a thought loop. And I use this example a lot on my account, so you might be familiar with it, but I'm going to use it again here just because it's a good example to compare other health anxieties to. Recognizing that you have health anxiety is the first step. So you have to recognize that there's a problem and that you actively want to change. You're not going to be able to change your behavior if you don't want to change. If you're still stuck on the mindset that you're going to be better when there's no health symptoms, then that's just not going to happen. But if you're set on the mindset that even if there are health symptoms, I want to feel better, I want to control my anxiety so that I can tell the difference between a real threat, what's not a threat, etc., then these things will help you. And so wanting to change is the best way to start changing because if you don't want to change, it's just it's not going to be successful for you. By starting and admitting to yourself that you have health anxiety is the first step. And labeling when this happens and identifying this to yourself will help you recognize when your anxiety is taking control. For me, when I'd be experiencing anxiety about Parkinson's per se, then this is when you would go and say to yourself, so sometimes labeling seems obvious, but it helps anyway. I'd say to myself, this is anxiety. This, what I'm experiencing right now is anxiety, and anxiety is separate from Parkinson's itself. So you can have Parkinson's with or without anxiety, but the amount of anxiety that you have towards it doesn't matter. Once you start labeling and labeling until you're blue in the face, this is going to help you recognize the next step, which is pointing out different patterns in your anxiety. Every single time, whether you're worrying about going blind and you have an intrusive thought about blindness, go to yourself and say, I am having an intrusive thought about blindness. This is a part of my health anxiety and a part of health anxiety is I worry about things. I worry about my health. So part of having health anxiety is worrying about your health. What am I doing right now? I'm worrying about going blind and this is an intrusive thought. So you're going to want to do this until you're pretty sick of it and a master at labeling your behavior. This will help you pointing out patterns in your anxiety. So to do this, it's usually good to compare two different anxieties. So what I would do is when I'm having Parkinson's, I would like to write down everything that I experienced with this. And so the reason I call them thought loops is because usually what happens for me is I have an intrusive thought. What happens when I have this intrusive thought is I have an emotional response to this because the intrusive thought, you're going blind. My emotional response is fearful. Once I'm fearful, I have more thoughts about that that just keep circling and circling. And the more thoughts that you have, the harder it is to get out of a health anxiety loop because there's just so much emotion and so much life or death survival mode that you're trapped in there pretty good.
when I would look at the patterns is I would write down everything I'm experiencing. We're gonna go back to Parkinson's for a second. When I would start worrying about Parkinson's, I would track down what happened, why did I have this fear? I would have this fear because I was shaking a little bit. Even though this shaking is derived from tight muscles or something small like that, then I would like to note that I had this fear. What happened a couple days after this fear is I slowly started developing somatic symptoms because I was hyper-focusing on this shaking that I got to the point where I could almost not apply my mascara because it, my hands were shaking so bad. So it's important to note the different things that happen because once you go through another health anxiety loop, you can look back and compare the two to help you better believe that it's anxiety. What I do with Parkinson's, I record the different somatic symptoms that happen. I record which ones stay after, which ones don't, and I record my emotions with this once I started feeling better about it. What's really important about pointing out the pattern and the different cycle, everybody's gonna go through something different because it's, it's a fairly unique um, anxiety because it plays off of your fears. So for me, when I was having a good day or I was feeling better, then all of a sudden I was just more rational about it. And so there was times when I was feeling good that I just didn't even believe I had it at all. Times like these, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say, I want you to remember this time right now for when you're feeling lower and you believe you have Parkinson's. I want you to remember this moment right now where you're not having shakiness, where you're feeling a little bit better and you don't believe that you have it. I want you to remember this for next time you are feeling low about this and in bed for nine hours crying that you have Parkinson's. So this is going to help you with the next step after identifying so first you're gonna label, then you're gonna identify the patterns, and now you're going to compare. What I do now is so, once I go through the thought loop of where I start and I think I have Parkinson's, it goes all the way back around where I feel awful, I feel awful, I'm in bed, I'm suicidal, I don't wanna live my life with like this, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Back to, oh, I don't actually think I have Parkinson's anymore. That would be the beginning of the cycle. You feel better for the next few days, you get reassurance, whatever, you go to the next one. Now I think I'm going blind. What do I do now? Is I compare it to the last one that I had. Similar to Parkinson's, I'm gonna say, with this blindness, did I have a thought, an emotional reaction? Yes, I did. What was that? It was fear. And what was the fear behind this? How am I going to live my life this way? So you wanna find what's common between both anxiety loops. So in both of the anxiety loops, my underlying health anxiety was that how am I going to live this way? How am I going to fit in? I want to be like everybody else. I want to live a full life. And that was the fear behind the health anxiety. So when I look at both these loops, I can say with the fear of going blind, I can say, okay, well, did the Parkinson's one, did that come true just because it felt real? No, it didn't. I can ask myself actually a series of questions that I'm going to say right now. I'll say to myself, what are you feeling right now? And so my answer to this would be upset, fearful. I am All the different emotions that you have, you can put under this category. But then you want to say, have I had a thought like this before? This is where you're comparing the thought loops together. Even though Parkinson's and blindness are two different things, I've had a thought like this before because they're both about health anxiety. Then I ask myself, if you've had a thought like this before, what makes this one different from the last? So I want to look at how Parkinson's didn't happen. And even though it felt real and it all felt like it was going to happen and it was so real that I was in bed and I believed it, like 99% believed it, that it was going to happen, it still didn't happen. How is blindness different from Parkinson's if it feels real? So even though whatever you're presently going through, so if I'm presently going through the fear of going blind right now, 
then it's going to feel really real. But because I'm focusing on this, it's not going to feel so real. I'm going to be like, oh, well, that Parkinson's one was really irrational. I'm going to go in my, the fear of blindness and go, even though this one feels just as real as the way the other one felt, what makes this one different? What makes this one going to happen if my anxiety is also creating this one? A couple other questions that I like to ask myself, it, just to keep going, just to strengthen my own reassurance within myself, it's just, I'll say, if I were health anxiety, if I were my health anxiety right now, what would I do to try and convince myself that I'm going blind? Because your anxiety is going to use your personal fears against you. And that's why it's so fearful and personal because your anxiety is a part of you. It works with your brain. So it's going to play off of your biggest fears in life. So I like to ask myself, if I were my anxiety, how were, would I be convincing myself that I'm going blind right now? And... The answer to that would be, well, I know that you know this about the human body. I know that you know that about the human body, etc., etc., etc. My next question would be, what are three more rational situations that could, or outcomes that would come from this fear? With health anxiety, it's pretty common to get into thinking traps. This might be black and white thinking, all or nothing. Instead of your brain, which is going to immediately go worst case scenario, you want to challenge this and force yourself to go, what are three more rational outcomes? If I'm experiencing blurry vision right now, um, what are three other things that could cause this? Dehydration, um, stress for one, um, a somatic symptom of anxiety can cause this. There's so many other things that could be more likely. Maybe you have dry eyes. There's just so many different things and you want to force yourself to Everything that your anxiety naturally does immediately is something that you want to challenge to think and look at a different way. On my account at that anxiety community, you can find an, a whole different series of questions you can ask yourself when you're experiencing intrusive thoughts and how to challenge this and how to work yourself through this. But now I'm going to talk about the fourth part. First, we started with identifying and labeling, and then we went to patterns, and then from this patterns, we were comparing. But now I want to talk about reassurance because this is very, very important. With health anxiety, you feel like it's life or death. And the biggest thing that helped me was minimalizing the amount of reassurance that I seek. Reassurance feels like it's beneficial because when you have reassurance, you feel better. You go to the doctor, they say you're not going blind. You feel really, really good. You feel like you got your life back. You feel normal for the rest of the day until your next thought loop. And... The reason reassurance is problematic is because when you feel good from it, you feel like it's benefiting you. When somebody says, so if I'm scared of going blind, I go, mom, like, are you sure this isn't going to happen? Like, like, dad, are you sure this isn't going to happen? Promise me this isn't going to happen. It's, it feels good because you feel a little bit better. You feel a little bit of better after, but it's a temporary fix and reassurance actually, it's, it worsens it for you because with your anxiety, the more that you seek reassurance from other people, the less you're relying on yourself to challenge your thoughts, to be logical about it. So instead of having an intrusive thought and building your tolerance to being able to sit through that intrusive thought, to being able to handle it on your own, immediately you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this. You're like, mom, like, promise me this isn't happening. I know it's natural instinct to get reassurance, but the more that you get reassurance with your health anxiety, sometimes the worse that it can get. And so the way that you want to build your tolerance to needing reassurance is that when you have, and I don't mean, I know I spit all of this out in a podcast, but with health anxiety, like it took me three years to learn how to manage this on my own. You don't need to do this all at once. You can do baby steps. You can do 
one tactic, one thing at a time. You can start with just trying to label it. Then maybe three months from then, you can try to do the patterns. Like you don't have to do this all at once because you're gonna burn yourself out, you're gonna overwhelm yourself, and you're just gonna overstimulate how much you're challenging your thoughts. And you can start small. The way that I built my tolerance to needing reassurance is every single time that I seeked reassurance, I would label it. Again, we're going back to the labeling because even though labeling feels silly, it's very, very effective in training your brain to be able to recognize that anxiety is taking over right now. The thing with anxiety is you can have anxiety about something, but you believe that something's happening. But when you put that challenging work in down the line, it's easy to say, oh, instead of, oh, I'm going blind, I believe this. Oh, my anxiety is trying to convince me that I'm going blind. And this is the difference between having intrusive thoughts and coexisting with your truth intrusive thoughts because I mean, now I have many intrusive thoughts on a daily basis. If I have a thought that I have cancer right now, which I will several times a day, it just doesn't affect me in the same magnitude because I'll go, oh, that's my anxiety, just spitting out random health anxieties to try and provoke me. Like, I just don't respond to it. It's just not the same. With this reassurance and with this labeling, what I would do is every single time, so if I have a thought that I'm going to have Parkinson's, I would stop. I would breathe for one because... You need to give yourself time to have that emotional response to just just calm down a little bit. There was a time where I couldn't go without reassurance more than five minutes because the more reassurance you seek, the more rational it is because the less you're relying on your logic. I would label it and I'd go, okay, I had a thought that I have Parkinson's and I'm seeking reassurance right now, but let's see if I can figure this out on my own. The more you do that, so if you have two panic attacks a day where you seek reassurance throughout that, then maybe your next goal would be, okay, even if I'm going to have those two panic attacks, I'm only going to limit myself to seeking reassurance that one time. And then that other time, I even though it's going to feel awful, it's going to feel unnatural and uncomfortable, uncomfortable is where we have growth. And I'm really going to push myself to just try and sit through those awful feelings and challenge and work through this myself. Building a tolerance to not needing reassurance is very, very important, but it also goes along with intrusive thoughts. So when you build your tolerance to intrusive thoughts, it's easier to coexist with them because when you mix not giving your intrusive thoughts attention with um, challenging them, it's so much easier to see them as anxiety. And so when you mix this with comparing all your intrusive thought loops, then it's so easy to identify your anxiety, to see what's happening. You'll be like, and it doesn't matter because from going to Parkinson's to blindness to if you have a thought about cancer next, cancer won't just feel awful. It won't just feel like, oh, because this is new, it's happening. It'll be like, well, it's just another thing my anxiety is doing to me. And it's very, very hard, and it takes a lot of time to build a tolerance to your health anxiety, but this is how I work on it now. Those are the active steps that I do to identify and point out my anxiety, because the more curious you are about your anxiety and how it works, the less power it has over you. And when it doesn't have as much power over you, you control your anxiety instead of it controlling you. Now I want to talk about what health anxiety looks like for me because when my health anxiety started, and I already talked a little bit about on my account and in the podcast about experiences that I've been through with it, it started out with me not being able to leave my house, not being able to eat, sleep, or do anything. But the same intrusive thoughts that I had then, I actually have now. And so the same thoughts about allergy fears then... So back then, if I had a fear that says, I'm going to have anaphylaxis, I would not eat. But like the other day, I was just at work, and I'm a dental assistant, and I was just eating in my car, and I go, 
I'm gonna have anaphylaxis but in my head I'm like oh my goodness like you got to be kidding with this thought right now like it's just a thought and so I just ate my food anyway and I just ignored it and so coexisting with your intrusive thoughts is a very it's a more fulfilling life and it takes a lot of work but it's very very worth it to challenge your anxiety and even though it feels so uncomfortable and it feels everything that feels unnatural about it is what's going to help you have growth with your health anxiety getting to the end of my podcast here I just want you to know that if you have any questions you can legitimately and I know so many people send me dms on a daily basis that say hey like I hope it's okay that I'm messaging you and it's okay that you're messaging me because when you message me topics and things that you want me to talk about this is how I'm going to know what experiences that I can discuss on here and so there's so many different things with health anxiety there's somatic symptoms there's how to handle the panic attacks about it how to minimize that feeling that you're dying there's so many different things that when you dm me topics about it then i know what to talk about and so i just want you to know that it does get better and i know that i heard the same thing when i was knee deep not being able to eat miserable i was on like eight suicide attempts i don't even The amount of times I've been suicidal, I could not even count because it was just, it was that bad. And there's so many people going out, going through the same thing right now. And if you're out there right now and you're suffering deeply from health anxiety, if you're in bed feeling hopeless, feeling like your life is going to be taken away from you, it can get better and you're going to be okay. And I, I strongly believe this because when I was going through the same thing, when I was in bed, when I was dehydrated, when I was achy, having sinus infections, headaches, every single thing. My body was shutting down. And I remember hearing things that said, oh, you know what? I'm better now, but I wasn't better then and things are going to get better. I remember being so angry, like, okay, like I can't get better. And clearly your anxiety was not bad if you're getting better. But there's so much hope out there and there's so much out there for you to live a fulfilling life with anxiety, even health anxiety. So I wish you luck. And I really hope that somebody got something out of here. And please message me anytime if you have any questions about health anxiety. But good luck. And if you're out there right now, then I'm thinking of you. And I really hope that you're able to work on this a little bit and to improve your life. So thank you very much. This was my first podcast. I didn't really know what I was doing with it. It took a lot of tries, a lot of frustration. But then I just remembered that with a mental health account, I should just sit down and share my experiences because even just sharing your experiences can make all the difference in somebody's life. So thank you so much for supporting me.